you rabble-rousers? Does your promenade lack spunk? Does it look duller than the Emperor staring into the horizon? Well, fret no more, lads, because there is a wonderful cure-all for it. Macmillan's Promenade Polish can turn any lifeless area, whether it's part of the Empire or part of the Republic, into a thriving destination for both the young and the old to enjoy. Macmillan's Promenade Polish also doubles as a hair growth agent, makes a wonderful frosting for cakes, and is great for weapon lubrication. So go to your local clerk and tell him you want the best for your promenade. You want Macmillan's Promenade Polish. Begin transmission. You are listening to Corellian Run Radio, your route through hyperspace to the latest news on Star Wars The Old Republic. Hi, and welcome to Corellian Run Radio. This is episode number 27, and we're recording Sunday night, June the 26th, 2011. And we have an extra special guest in the house. Say hello, Ben. <laughs> Yay! I'm just, I, you know, I've finally been able to get on and, uh, and listen to you or be part of your show, and uh, this is my first opportunity to be able to say I love y'all's audio, the intros and everything. I always have. This is just fantastic. <laughs> and to be able to listen to it, like, live, I feel like I'm behind the curtain. I'm, I'm, part, of, I'm part of everything. I'm, I'm seeing the, the wizard do his work. You can see the super complex and polished machine that runs the whole thing. That is Corellian Run Radio. <laughs> or the Groovers, whichever the case may be. Of course, fortunately, the 18 minutes leading up to being able to get started is not part of the show. So you know that was really... <laughs> I actually, if, uh, I said the same thing to, to Zach from Moss Isley Radio, and I'm going to say it here because it's totally applicable. Um, you guys need to like record that intro or the, like the like the the uh, behind the scenes the startup and uh, put it like hide it somewhere on your site for your ridiculously dedicated fans to go listen to because <laughs> that that off the cuff stuff is epic that is fantastic I love y'all this is fantastic <laughs> yeah like stuff. like the part where Carla is trying not to swear as all of her stuff is not working <laughs> properly <laughs> yeah that's what the mute button's for. <laughs> <laughs> Lord have mercy. Well, and also with me, as y'all heard, is our normal co-host, Kathy and Roxanne. Hello, Kathy. Hey there. Hello, Roxanne. Hey, guys. So I just wanted to say that, actually, Dover, I, I wanted to say that we're really excited to have you because I think, I think it was you who was the first Darth Hader person to mention us on your Darth Hader podcast. Uh, was it? I, um, I think it might have been. It was. I. I think it was you. I think. I think I remember trying to figure out now who is that talking <laughs> before I knew everybody's voices, <laughs> and uh, and it's so funny because I was we. I was actually in D.C. Be doing touristy stuff with my relatives from out of town, and I got this text message from Carla. <laughs> Darth Hader just mentioned us, <laughs> and uh, wow. and it was just like you know like we felt like we were hitting the big time, and so I always wanted to say thank you for for being one of the people, and, and other people have you guys have been really nice to us since we started, but but uh, but I, I've always wanted to say well if if it, if it was you Dover, thank you for being the first one to mention us on your podcast because we were really really pleased man i i'll go ahead and take credit for it um <laughs> I i'm more than happy to do that i have no idea if it was me or not i think that 
Um, I'm constantly, I know that we're all constantly trying with Darth Hader to, to give a shout out to everyone out there that does really good work. And it's just, we, we kind of made a name for ourselves early with, uh, with Torocast and some of the other earlier, uh, guys that got going and, and you guys and, and, you know, Moss Eisley Radio and a couple other ones, uh, uh, you know, especially the ones like the guys I've met recently, Tor Wars and Tor Life and Tor Syndicate, like uh, there's, there's just too many of them to name, but, but we, we enjoy the work you guys do. And I mean, we're all fans. Like I, maybe we get a little more attention out there because we're insane, but, um, <laughs> but I mean, at, at the end of the day, we're all fans and, and, uh, the content you guys produce is, is just as enjoyable and awesome as any of the content that we've come up with. So, um, no, I mean, just you guys keep doing it and I'll keep talking about it. I'll, I'll, I'll... <laughs> well, thanks. Uh, um, Carla, you just came back from being on vacation or a mini vacation, didn't you? It was just like a three day camping trip. It was like, go vegetate. And it was, uh. Really nice. We went to uh, Kitty Park, actually, because uh, a lot of my cousins have small children, and uh, it was called Yogi Bear Jellystone Park. Oh, yeah. There are bunches of those everywhere. That sounds fantastic. It was a lot of fun. I mean, especially for the kids. I mean, to me, I had the most fun watching their eyes just light up and just be totally overjoyed with some of the most simple things like ice cream or like <laughs> hugging Yogi Bear or Cindy Bear, you know, I mean, just to watch their little eyes was just, it was priceless. And we had great food and the best part was spending time with family that we don't get to see very often. And it was nice to just veg. Yeah, that's, that's nice. What did um, you do? I have been, this is so dumb. Roxanne, once again, has sucked me into a Facebook Zynga oh, game. Man. I know, <laughs> oh, right? God. God <laughs> what the heck? This is what happens when there's not a good MMO out there to play, I guess. But, but I've been obsessed with Empires and Allies to the point where I have reopened my fake Facebook accounts oh. <laughs> so that I can befriend myself and send myself gifts. Man, Bioware, do you hear what you're doing to this poor woman? You're, since you since you don't have Star Wars: The Old Republic out there in her hands yet, she's playing Zynga games. Zynga. Oh, the thing is that like I play it because people in my office are all playing it. So if you don't play the current Zynga game that everyone's playing, you're like a loser, and people will like hate oh. you and throw things at your desk. Oh. So it's like I have to be on it and like keep pace with everyone. But I just want to put this out there that if you um. Our person from the Coralian Radio like chat who has friended me, then this is like a call to arms. You are totally obligated to start playing this game and send me stuff. And I'm really, really sorry, but it's true. This and with the game it was Empires and Allies. By yeah, the way. Empires and isn't, Allies. Isn't it like? Did someone said it was like Civilization? It was reminds an old me of board game, wasn't it? I mean, didn't they have an old board game called Emp- Empires and Allies? I have I no know. idea. I don't know. I think my husband, I remember him playing an old old board game. Like I bet that. this, can you this can't possibly apple? be, because there's very little game elements to it, like all Zenga games. It's just a series of timers where you collect things, and then you can build more buildings and stuff. So there's no actual real game. You're not really in competition with people. It's but you can attack very, It's very standard fare for a Zenga game. There's just better graphics. There's like 3D stuff now, so you're like, oh, cool. Well, see, I remember visiting your empire and seeing that two of your, your co-workers were attacking you, so that's a little yeah. different. 
from Farmville. It's true. <laughs> you can attack people, but they'll they'll like attack me and 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 like water my crops in the same round. So it's all just like random and stuff is flying everywhere. That is that's fantastic. That sounds like every uh, every silly quasi MMO that I get on my droid. My wife and I like to try to play these things, and all they are is just a pointless time sink. Uh, really quick mention, I think the game you were talking about, the board game, is Axis and Allies. Could be. And that's actually, that's a World War II simulator, kind of like Risk. Yeah, maybe that uh, was what it was. I knew it was some sort of game, something in Allies, anyway. Okay, come on, Carla, play Empires and Allies with me, and then I'll, and I'll, and I'll join your Dragon Age Legends group. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I'm I'm really a terrible person on those games on Facebook. I go through phases. I may play them for like two or three days and and just bombard everybody, and then I don't pick them up for a month. Yeah, that's hope. I'm hoping and, that's what's going to happen because I really can't afford to spend all this time. Well, when I had Farmville, <laughs> all my plants died. You know, I'm such a bad person. <laughs> my crops died. <laughs> I like, uh, I, you know, I hate the Zanga games, even though I play them because I just don't like the Farmville aesthetic. And I mean, they're not really, I mean, they're obnoxious with the timers and stuff, but I generally like the idea of, of Facebook as a platform for games in the future. Like I know that the next, the next like Civ is going to be launched on Facebook. And I think it's the same thing with the Sims and stuff. So it's, I mean, this sucks, but once we get into like a future where we have, you know, triple A uh, developers writing things for Facebook, like that's going to be mm. awesome because it's going to bring in like people who you know you sit across like from at work who are going to be able to start playing games. Like I really like that idea. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> it sounds awful to me. It sounds awful. What? No, my Facebook. Well, I hope it's really our phones instead of Facebook. Well, I check I really Facebook like on my, my phone, phone every two seconds, but yeah. Oh my god, I love like plants and zombies on my phone or angry birds or one of those well, yeah I, I i try that a whole bunch on my phone the, the problem is is that i've got the first generation incredible the first ones that just came out finally wanted to get a really nice phone and, and pick that one up and the battery life on it is just atrocious now uh and That's and bad. so like the second i sit down to try to have a bit of a commute to and from the museum uh on a, a public transportation and if I play that game on both ways, then by the time I get home after work, my battery's dead. Like, that's uh-huh. how quickly yep. I will burn through, like, playing Plants vs. Zombies or, or something like that. So, man, I just, someone find me a, a good battery, and I'll be right on board just playing <laughs> all your ridiculous games on my phone. Well, that or buy, do like we do, and buy a charger and leave it here, and buy a charger and leave it there. <laughs> oh, and that geez. way you have chargers everywhere, and you don't have to worry about it. Actually, my boss does that, except he doesn't have a charger. He would just want to use mine because he knew that we had the same phone. He'd be like, do you have your charger? I'm like, what's wrong with yours? I have chargers everywhere, one in the car, one at home, one in the travel trailer. I mean, you got to have chargers everywhere. Oh, gosh. Oh, well. These batteries don't work. Anyway, moving on. It is time for our host challenge. Fact. You know it to be true. Or fiction. That's impossible! I'm going to read three leads. One of them will be a true fact confirmed by Bioware. Your job is to pick out which one is true. Are you guys ready? Yes. 
Okay, I hope y'all really studied because I <laughs> dug deep for these. Uh-oh. Oh gosh, I'm, I'm, I did not I'm scared now. All she of my, said... my nerd cred's about to go away. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy said, "Make it hard." So think biographies. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, lead number one. Boris Ulgo was made king of Alderaan because he was so popular with the citizens. Lead number two. Darth Jadis oversees the galaxy's largest espionage organization. Lead number three. Master Satil Shan is best known for her battle with Darth Revan. Which one of these three is the actual fact? Well, is it... Do we get to go, like, I, I, uh... It's a team effort. It's a team <laughs> effort. Can I hear the first fact again? Sure. Boris Olga was made king of Alderaan because he was so popular with the citizens. Okay. That sounds wrong, just because... That also sounds wrong. Because his name is Olgo. Like, no. No one, no one with the name Olgo has ever been popular with anybody. Any group of people. <laughs> okay, and the next one is Darth Jadis oversees the galaxy's largest espionage organization. I'm, I think that one is true, because the last one is what uh, Satil is, is famous for her battle with Revan, right? Mm-hmm. Is that it? And we know it's Bastila. Or if Wait, you played... no, we don't. Yeah, if... Oh, yeah, oh, if you play yeah. KOTOR, come on. I was thinking <laughs> Malgus, sorry. Yeah, but... so it's, I, I think, I'm pretty sure it's two. This is going to be the first week I've ever gotten one of these right, if I'm right. And you I... have impressed the hell out of me, Roxanne. That is so good. <laughs> because I was trying to stump you with uh, the Chatil Sean versus Bastila Sean. Oh, and you I... got it right. Yeah, yeah. Roxanne saved us. She's you guys, like, the, no the Princeton Review is no lie. It's totally... <laughs> Legit. <laughs> you I was, I was well. sitting back thinking, um, uh, I was pretty certain the second one was probably going to be the true one just because I'm an Imperial agent fanatic. And so anytime something comes up with the espionage or spy stuff, it, it perks up my ears. So I wasn't entirely certain, but I was thinking, that one sounds kind of right. So I'm, I'm glad someone was here to, uh, to fit the yes, rest of the pieces right, to together. To confirm. <laughs> All right. Oh, well. See, the reason I told you to make it hard, because I once in our, in our Facebook chat, thing i said uh-huh. so do you guys think that our factor fictions are too easy or too hard or about right and and most people said they're too easy <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, okay i guess that and the fact that we have yet to have gotten one wrong is well, <laughs> i've, gonna have to I've definitely enough. gotten them wrong but like... <laughs> <laughs> well you don't count because you never read any of the stuff that i send you <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Roxanne, you're going to have to study hard because I know she's going to try to stump me next time, and I don't want to be the first one to fail. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, up next, the latest news and tour. From the Newsnet. And, and we are. All right, well, we're just going to blow through some of these Fan Friday updates, or Friday updates, really fast so we can get to um, some of the more interesting things. Uh, Going back to June 17th, that was a Fan Friday, and it had the usual uh, art and avatars. Actually, they had icons rather than avatars. Um, Ask a Jedi was the fan site spotlight, so that was really nice to see because we like like Bill. We like those guys over there. I think they do put out a lot of good content and keep us up to date on some of the little things we might not otherwise have 
have seen. Um, they didn't have a community Q&A, so, which was the only thing I, noteworthy that I've got out of that Fan Friday, the lack of something I'm used to seeing. <laughs> um, they also had their polls. Um, what did you enjoy most from our E3 coverage? And the most popular things were the return trailer, which I guess if I had to pick one, maybe that would be my favorite too. And then the Tatooine walkthrough uh, were, the, were in the top. What did, what did you guys, did you guys take that poll? I did. What I did chose the pick? return trailer because I liked yeah. it. And how about you, Roxanne? Did you look um, at I it? I didn't take it, but if I had, I would have chosen the return trailer. Yeah, I, yeah, I liked it too. How about you, Dover? Uh, you know, I I think that I actually put other on this one, um, and I, I left it off. I think that I get to be a little different because since I was able to actually make it, the coverage mm-hmm. that I liked was the coverage they provided. Um, I think that there's a there was a uh, behind closed doors presentation of um, something that that I think they're going to be releasing on the site eventually. They haven't put up yet of a just a compilation video of kind of like everything in the old republic. And it was oh. it was stuff we'd already seen. It's all old foot. Well, for the most part, it's all old footage. But it was um, like flash, 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 flash. Something like there's crew skills and there's space combat. And it was just it was very well done. Um, tip of the hat to to whoever at Bioware worked on that one. And uh, they said that they were going to put that up on the site eventually. And that was actually what I enjoyed the most because it was just kind of a weird flashback to everything we've seen over the last two years. It was kind of nostalgic. Yeah, I like I like being reminded of the things we haven't thought about in a while, and when all we can think about is when is the release date. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, the the one thing I actually think should have been on the list, and I if I had actually done it, I might have gone other. But I I really enjoyed the it was like a fifteen minute interview that Daniel Erickson did. Oh, I can't remember what it was, but he talked about Alderaan, the Alderaan group content, and I, that to me was really exciting to hear because I I just liked what the Boris Olgo fight and the idea that there's lots of this group content that's not a flashpoint, that's not you know the raids that we all knew were there. So right. that that probably might have been something that I, except for the return trailer, I would have put as my favorite. Um, the other poll was, what is your favorite? Extended universe content related related to Tor and Deceived one with fifty-eight percent, so it just like blew all the other stuff away. Blood of the Empire, um, I think, was on there. Uh Fatal Alliance and also what was the a Threat of Peace, the other comic. So um I didn't really have an opinion about that. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm not surprised that Deceived one, because I think that probably was the the best received out of all those things. Um Haven't there been there have been like Knights of the Old Republic comics though, like for probably like five years, um starting with like the games. But I guess is this is it content only re- relating to the game, I, the old republic? You know, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I think that's what they were talking about. Uh, and I don't, I, think so. I don't even think there was an other option. I think they just, um, or maybe there was, and I just didn't look at it. No, but anyway, there was, no, there, there were there were just the five major ones. The only Lost one left Sons off was, was the too. Lost Sons, the new comic that that just came out. I think it, oh, right. no, actually it was, was on there. Not, yeah, it wasn't yeah. there. I just didn't mention it. Um, I, I I read the first issue. I I thought it was. I think it has promise. I liked it better than Blood of the Empire. Um, and I never read Thread of Peace, though. Have you gotten a chance to, to read it? Anybody else? Oh, yeah. We actually got, I got kind of lucky. Um, uh, Rob Coles, the uh, marketing or rep for uh, LucasArts, was actually there. And he gave us a couple of pre-release copies uh, for the guys on the team that were there. And then a whole oh, bunch nice. of fans that were standing around. So we got, to, we got to read it a couple of days before it hit the newsstands. And I think I, I really love what Alexander Freed, uh, the work he does, um, 
he did Blood of the Empire. Uh, he's he wrote the Imperial Agent story, and I think that he's he's got a really good head on his shoulders for for creating awesome content. So, um, I can't wait to see what happens with the rest of Lost Sons. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it too. I think um, at the one and one of the things I couldn't tell maybe it's just because when you have you know when you're reading like Blood of the Empire, I read as it was being released, and it was just you know those those tiny little chunks, so it kind of felt disjointed in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it was nice to have a whole comic. It felt longer and more like a, like a tighter storyline. But anyway, that it'll be fun to see how that. Uh, unfolds. Uh, the same update also, they talked about how Tor won a bunch of awards at E3 from things like PC Gamer, Machinima, MSNBC. Massively, they won 15 total, I think. You know, like, great MMO kind of thing. <laughs> um, so that was nice to see. People, people like the game. And finally, on that same Friday, there was a developer blog uh, written by Ian Ryan, who is a writer for Tor, and it was about post-writing polish. And he basically talked about, and we've talked about this before, about how you know the writers, all the different teams have to work together. And he specifically talked about how you know they, the writers came up with an, with an idea for for a certain area, and then they go and the the, the art design team gets a hold of it, and then they they collaborate and they kind of they sort of work together to see if this is really how they envisioned it. And they had the picture, like the before and after picture of something on Narshada. So, you know, they said, and, oh, and I also liked how they talk about how the writers are now playing the game. So then <laughs> that's how they see, you know, is this really what we envisioned when we wrote this area? So, so that was, that was a lot of fun to, to read, I thought. Um, and I think that's it for that Friday. What's the next Friday, Carla? Um, it looks like the video, one of the videos that you were talking about where it talks about the Alderaan highlights video, which I thought was a very cool story. And I kind of like the idea of it being something besides some big raid or in-game content or whatever. To me, it looked like something that you could just do when you got to it. Didn't it look like yeah. that to you? Yeah. Is that the one that was narrated by Dallas Dickinson? Yes. <laughs> He's always like, hi, I'm Dallas Dickinson. <laughs> and I was like, aw. <laughs> He's so, you know, cheerful and helpful sounding. <laughs> <laughs> hi there. I didn't see you. <laughs> Let's talk about Alderaan. <laughs> exactly. Probably have a lot of questions. <laughs> well, it just goes along with his personality, you know. Especially when uh, we have to revert back to the Bioware booth, babes. He was second runner up, <laughs> and I thought that was so cool. <laughs> I love it. For those of you who haven't seen it, that was I think Tor Wars. Didn't they take those pictures? Yes, they did a yeah, great job. That's the- the Daniel Erickson abs and Dallas, Dallas Dickinson stretched out on the floor. <laughs> a little Bioware beefcake's always good. <laughs> oh, gosh. That was hilarious. But anyway, the next update was the E3 highlights video. And it just kind of went through and, and had people talk about their experience there at E3. And it showed people playing the game. And I think the highlight for me, because I am such a fan of hers is mm-hmm. it showed Felicia Day yep. playing the game. And I was just like, all right, all right. Yeah, that was cute to see. Didn't didn't Sado make it into that video too? He did. Yeah, a couple times actually. I was yeah. like shaking my fist. I was like, why didn't I get in there? <laughs> total media whore. My face needs to be on there. But the the craziest thing about it is is how many people I recognize from the video. I mean, obviously Sado, uh, Felicia Day, 
Uh, we got to meet Felicia while we were there. Um, okay. Ridiculously sweet. I'm so person. jealous. Um, yeah, uh, and then, then, um, but, but not just them. We, uh, there was, uh, uh, to the, two of the women that were being interviewed, uh, the first one is actually Hillary from Crab Cat Industries. We met her there. She works for a company that makes, um, uh, they make all the really awesome, like cosplay armor, uh, that's out there. So if you guys want to see really awesome Mass Effect stuff, Crab Cat Industries, and then, uh, the other the second blonde in there, I, I'm blanking on her name right now, but we actually met her at PAX. She works for a tech blog. And so it was just seeing all these faces, it's kind of like, wow, just in the last six months, I feel like I'm knowing, I'm getting to know all these crazy people. So Oh, that's nice. It, it was, was also nice. It was nice to see um, more gals. Usually it's just mm, a bunch mm-hmm. of guys. So that was kind of uh, neat. <laughs> um, uh, all right. Well, Let's move on to some of the other things that we picked up the, over the past couple of weeks. We talked a little bit about Origin being the digital download place where Tor will be available when it comes out. Um, there were a bunch of Dev Tracker posts where Stephen Reed basically gave more detail. You know, people have a lot of questions about it, and his main points in a bunch of different posts were you, you will be able to buy a boxed copy. Um, and that you will you will add the key that you get onto the website. You will not need to launch Origin to run the game when you want to play it, and that patches will not come through Origin. So, you know, it's not like you're going to be tied to this uh, this Origin when it comes out. Um, boxed version will include the client on DVDs, and and also for a, on a guild related note, ordering or not ordering from Origin does not affect guild pre-ordering requirements so um, you know you won't need to, or, to order through origin if you want to get your guild pre-registered or whatever it is um, the pre-ordering through any medium whether you know it's online or whatever however you get it it will give you a key and when you redeem that key that is what's going to count as your guild pre-order number so I think that probably uh, put a lot of people's minds at ease they were who were kind of worried about the details of all that kind of thing. Yeah, I was only worried about having to have all the patches come through the Origin client. Mm-hmm. You know, and I thought actually in order for us to have it recorded for the Guild, I thought we were going to have to buy it through Origin. I'm really glad to see that that's not the case. Yeah, are, are you guys going to do digital download, you know, or have you nope. decided? No, a lot of people are saying no because of the way it's being exclusive to Origin. But you know, I again, I'm trying to downsize. I'm trying to get rid of all those silly boxes that I never open. I think, yeah, I'm trying to downsize too. But I'm trying to downsize the number of like electronic, like social networks I'm a part of, <laughs> which is more important to me than like boxes because I can always just get rid of boxes. The thing is that like. Tor is bound to a client already, the server that it runs on. What I'm nervous is that, like, you know, when Mass Effect 3 comes out, and, like, am I going to have to run that through Origin? Because, like, I don't want to. (laughs) Like, they're going to have to do something, some form of DRM, and I assume it's going to be through Origin. It makes sense that Tor isn't, because it already has, like, a server component. But I, that doesn't answer the question for Origin as a whole, uh, how they're going to handle their games. So I'm still nervous about it. But yeah, interesting. So, yeah, I can I can see where you're coming from. Um, I'm kind of a I was 
I'm a big PC gamer fan, and uh, you know, I really didn't like Steam when it first came out, as, as most people that's tried Steam in the early days can attest to. But you know, given enough time, Steam really made a really good name for itself for the PC community, and so I don't want to just write Origin off, like just outright, um, give it a chance, just like I've got my good old games downloader and. And I've used Impulse before and, and Direct-to-Drive and stuff like that. Actually, yep. not Impulse, but I've, I've used the other ones. But um, I, I just don't want to have this many stinking things running on my desktop. Like, I'm happy yeah. with Steam <laughs> just written in the background. It's kind of like my chat communication. Like It's like, hey, i got buddies that are on, and I don't have time to play a game because I'm writing a piece or, or working on some personal stuff. But maybe I can say hi to them because of Steam, and that's okay. But I don't want to have Steam and Origin and, you know, uh, Microsoft's proprietary system and everything else. It, it gets a little bogged right. down. Right. So, so are you saying that even if you're not playing a Steam game, will you, like, turn it on in case you see friends? Or Steam is... Like a social thing? To, to, to worry about having to get a billion... Um, invites and everything from everyone who happens to jump on Steam because <laughs> uh -huh. my name's posted uh, on the Darth Hater, uh, on, on our Darth Hater profiles. But uh, I have it on almost all the time. Oh, um, interesting. But then again, I also have most of my media outlets, all my Skypes and everything running in the background kind of constantly. I've got enough bandwidth to be able to handle it. And so um, I'm not always paying attention to them, but people can always leave messages and things like that. So that's my way of staying connected. I have haven't turned on an AOL Instant Messenger or Google <laughs> Messenger or something like that in ages. Everything just goes through Steam. Right, right. How, how about you, Roxanne? I know you use Steam, but you don't not, you're not on all the time, are you? Yeah, you know, anytime my computer is on, basically, my oh, Steam really? client is on. Yep. Oh, okay, see, I just don't understand how, <laughs> how that stuff works. Um, okay, all right. Um, well, let's move on to... Uh, the, the some release date drama that has been happening. <laughs> um, we had, I think there were, even though Stephen Reed has tried and tried to tell us not to be worrying about the release date right now, I think there were a lot of people who still, even though they were told pretty much outright that E3 was not going to have release date info, they, they were somehow still disappointed when nothing about the release date was said. <laughs> so I don't know if... I don't know exactly what happened, but at one point I saw Stephen Reed posted on the dev tracker, basically like, all right, you guys are getting too crazy. I'm locking this thread. <laughs> I thought, whoa, what happened? I didn't even want to go back and read the stuff, but, but he, you know, he just said people are just getting way too excited and there's like too many people out trying to spread misinformation. So for you know, for the foreseeable future, we're going to lock this thread. And I think it lasted only a couple of days and they restarted again. But um, did, Ben, did you catch any of that when it was, when it was happening? To um, You know, I, I jump on the Darth Vader forums a lot. Um, mm -hmm. I jump on the official forums just to read a dev tracker post uh, or two or to jump into the Imperial Agent forum or the Smuggler forum or some class forum to specifically talk about the content that we've been producing or working on. Mm -hmm. um, the general stuff, I... I am scared of like the plague. There's, <laughs> there's this entire air of, uh, of of hyperbole and and like insane. end of days. Yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah, it's perfect. The perfect way to put it. And it's just kind of, you know, the sky is falling every five seconds, and I didn't get. <laughs> and so, right. Even, well, even Reed just rubbed off on me from all the times that I've I've seen him in person. But like, I just. I people are driving me crazy with all that stuff, and I wish I had an answer almost as much as I'm assuming they do. Like I, I, 
I'm assuming that they're not sitting back like at Bioware. They're not sitting back with their fingers steepled like Mr. Burns going, oh, they want the release date, but we shan't give it to them. I'm assuming they want to tell everyone, too. You know what well, my I... first thought was on that, though, when they did that? When, he, when I saw that um, he closed all those threads, I said, oh, my God. The WoW trolls have arrived. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, that's the thing. And I, you know, and even I I thought he was a little, he sounded a little more irritated than, you know, than he has in the past. And it was even like, yes, this is why you can't have shiny things. And I'm thinking, oh, oh dear. (laughs) I think, I think Steven needs to go on a cruise like David Bass is on one right now. Yes, there you (laughs) go. He needs a little vacation because he's starting to lose patience with patience with us. Um, so, so anyway, so that got and and then on top of that, I don't know if you saw this, but but MCV that, that do you remember way back when when they on their site said that they had inside information and that Star Wars is going to be released in September. And this was still when we were all thinking spring and people went crazy and were, you know, like, because, especially because they mentioned EA Laos, but, but, uh, but I, I noticed that during that, like they came back on with this, with kind of the equivalent, the GameStop equivalent, you know, how some people go, Oh, GameStop on their online site has such and such date listed as the release date. So it must be true. <laughs> so MCV kind of said they picked some, I don't, it sounded like some British online retail saying, well, they have September blah, blah, blah listed as the date. And, you know, we, everyone made fun of us before, but we ended up being right. So, so I guess we're supposed to listen to them now. I don't know. <laughs> what is MCV again? Can someone explain to me what they it's, are? <laughs> it's just, it, you know, the, I, it's just an online, I guess, news site. Oh, yeah. Okay. Is news in quotes? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'd, I'd really like, the, like to see the, that September release date now. I hated the thought of it back then, but now it's looking pretty doggone good. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I would be really like I don't I can't speak to the accuracy of that. I mean, for all I know, it, it is perfectly going to be in September. It could be, pardon my phone there. It, it could be any sort of time. At the end of the day, though, claiming that a retailer said something and then that's why we should base anything off of it is insane. I mean, especially well, having been someone who worked there. Yeah, like, and to write an article stuff. about it. Yeah. <laughs> thought, it, well, this is and especially in light of Duke Nukem coming out, I don't know if this might be a little off some people's radar, but uh, some guy redeemed a 10-year-old pre-order for Duke Nukem Forever that he had held onto the receipt for the entire 10 years of that game's development. And GameStop was more than happy to sell him a pre-order back in the year 2001. So just because GameStop wants your money doesn't mean they have any clue when the game is going to come out. <laughs> Trust me, guys. That's a beautiful story. I love the fact that there were pre-orders from like, from That's 10 years ago for that game. That is awesome. I'm more impressed a- with a guy keeping the receipt that long. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was very faded and worn, but, but it got him his money. <laughs> That's funny. I'm so, like I would have burned it in anger like after five years. I think. <laughs> um, no kidding. Anyway, so yes, I, I I feel like I wish people would stop asking about the release date. Don't you? Don't you just get this? I mean, to me, it's just like the kid in the back seat going, "Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet?" And you know, the kid knows the answer. We know the answer. We know the answer is that words. There is no answer. So why do we keep asking every five seconds? Yeah, but, but you know, that's got to say a lot for the game for oh, this people to be this excited and to get this passionate 
about a release date. Bioware just needs to count their lucky stars that these this and many be thankful people... for these people. No, <laughs> I, I reject uh, see, that. No, <laughs> classic. Carla, Carla's the glass is half full, and Roxanne's definitely the glass. <laughs> I like it. Oh well, what can I say? I, I just really do appreciate the fact that there are this many people that are so passionate about it. I'm one of them. I want to know the release date yesterday, okay? But you just have to take it as as it comes. That doesn't mean you need to get nasty about it. Some of these people need to get off their little wow bandwagon, troll trolley people. <laughs> That's right. Oh well. All right. So. We'll know when we know, and we should just try to relax. Absolutely. We wait. <laughs> um, okay, well, let's move on to, um, so I guess I think the rest of this is going to be dev tracker stuff. Georg Zoller um, came on and talked about class quests and uh, explained that if you don't do your class quests, you're going to miss out on a lot of different things, including your companions, or some companions at least, your ship, lots of experience, um, titles, and and then I like this. He actually said, you know, just the personal satisfaction from completing the story. You know, <laughs> we don't have to be rewarded with stuff and gear and money and you know, it's just it it does feel good to finish something. You know, I I just finished a, a couple weeks ago or a few weeks ago Portal Two, and Roxanne knows this. I'm notorious for for starting <laughs> games and never finishing them, but I finished Portal Two, and it felt so good you know I thought I it's like the the story and and the little song at the end and the the little singing robots and I thought right. you know that that's enough I I really I, I really get a Portal get a 2 like this is a little topic but Portal 2 has probably maybe maybe the best ending to a video game like I've ever seen that's kind of that satisfaction thing of just when you see something that's so just perfectly executed like where all the moments just like come to a point it is it's beautiful (laughs) and I mean that totally like earnestly that yeah that is like that's really that takes craft to build that is a lot more impressive than you know a piece of gear with like arbitrary stats and stuff and and I know that Bioware is you know they they excel at making well-crafted moments so I totally believe (laughs) what Georg is saying here yeah, yeah. In fact, um, like, yeah, the ending of Mass Effect, both of the Mass Effects. I remember, Roxanne, you talking about how you, you're you always, like, really emotional. Almost. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I have issues, but... <laughs> that, you know, that actually does bring up a good point with this, is that when you beat another game, you get that satisfaction of, yay, I beat it, but then you get the, like, at least I personally, get the dread, like, when I complete a really good book or something, I get like, I'm done. Oh, I'm done. Sad I know. Face. Yes, I totally I get that. And then I'm like kind of in this weird melancholy space for like days. <laughs> right. I was like, Mass Effect is over for the next two years, and I don't know what I'm going to do with my life in the <laughs> intermediary time. I'm going to start and, a podcast about Tor. There you go. And and now with the Old Republic, I guess kind of the benefit that they would have going for them with this whole story thing is that, well, it yeah, your story's over at least until the next expansion comes out, but we also have all this other stuff you can do. Go do this. And that's that's kind of where I'm sitting back and going, like, dude, this is going to be pretty awesome. Because when the story gets over, that melancholy phase won't be there. Because, you know, like, the second I might be feeling melancholy, someone's going to be like, hey, take your character and come meet me over here so we can do this thing. And right. I'm like, oh, wow, that's right. The game's not over. How cool right. is that? that? Okay, so that sentiment right there is 
the thing that hooked me in to being to caring at all about Tor. It was someone said something similar to that. They're like, well, it think about it like Mass Effect, but it never ends. And I was like, that is like all I want in the <laughs> world from anybody. <laughs> So yeah, I love I love that idea. But are you gonna know when the story has completed? When you've completed your class story, is it gonna be this big bang, wonderful, you know, yeah, we don't know. feeling? I, mean, I, I hope I hope there'll be there'll be something. I um, hope it's gonna and be obviously it's cool. a little different because we're all hoping that this game will go on will be great and that it will go on forever because it'll just be making expansions. But but yeah, I gotta believe that because Bioware is so into these story arcs and make you know, making you really care that they're gonna put those moments in where you're oh, yeah. where things yeah, happen. Arc is a really good word because it means that, you know, it has the uh you know, like the plot continuity of other things, but it has like climax and resolution and all those things. And if you ever want any proof that Bioware can write episodic content, then download Lair of the Shadow Broker from Mass Effect 2. It's awesome because it ties in old characters and it kind of bridges the gap between all the stuff that happens between Mass Effect 1 and Mass Effect 2. But it's wholly just conclusive in and of itself. Mm-hmm. So you, it, when I played that, I was like, oh, they could totally, totally pull off an MMO where they were just adding content gradually. Because one of the best things about it is that it feels like AAA content that launched with the game. It's not like tacked on because they felt like they couldn't touch the core storyline. It totally ties in. It makes sense. And the quality is just there. So... Yeah, that is my Hooray. case study. That's, that's like that's the best sales pitch for Lair of the Shadow Broker I've ever heard. I think that someone, <laughs> someone with a at, at a Bioware Marketing needs to give you a call and just be like, "All right, could could you justify why we should sell all of our DLC, please?" <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Alrighty, well that takes us to Damian Schubert talking about the dark and light gear. That that is only going to be one facet for getting gear. Um, one of the things that he said that I thought was a pivotal moment for me in reading about getting gear is he says you can get it in many different ways from crafting to raiding to, to you know, doing your excessive light side and dark side. But the pivotal moment for me was when he said there's going to be a battle between how badly do you want the light side, dark side gear and your companion affection. Because mm-hmm. if you go all dark, you may lose some really good companions. Or if you go all light, you know. Right, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I thought this was just epic. Because uh, <laughs> we don't want to really screw around with our companions if they're really good. Right. Um, I, the, the one thing that I... And I guess this is just the way it should be. You know, you should, you should never... You know. It, Everything things should be spread over different, and I think actually he said faucets, not facets, meaning like there's just lots of different places to get to get things. And you know, I've I've been sort of zeroed in on this dark and light gear and neutral gear. I was interested in what there's for, and you know, worried that you know if I do this, I'm not going to you know be able to get that. But he his point was, um, you know, it's there they do have the the gear based on your dark and light. Uh, status, but it's not. It's not like it's so important that you will be totally screwed if you do something. You know, he said you are going to be able to work around it in other ways, and so so I thought that was that was a good point. Um, um, and I also liked he talked because we talked about this last time. That they, they he acknowledged that sometimes those conversation wheel choices are a little ambiguous. You know, you're not, it isn't always obvious from. And I think he used the example of of 
what was, oh shoot, what was it? He said, I don't, oh, I can't remember, but it, it all, it basically depends on how the tone of your voice when you say it to convey a different meaning. And, and mm-hmm. they sort of built it in that way where it's going, where, you know, you might click the, the thing that you weren't, that you didn't exactly mean to. Um, and it's, and for the most part, it's only, it's not going to matter because not every, not every choice is like a, definitely a dark light side moment, but, uh, but, uh, but, um, but I thought that was interesting that, that it wasn't just my imagination when I was looking at those conversation wheels and thinking, well, I don't know what they mean by these three words. <laughs> but uh, Anyway, so we'll have a link to that in our show notes. Um, and okay. And finally, uh, Oh, Star Wars galaxies. This just happened what, a couple of days ago, where they announced that uh, there's, it's going to be no more starting December 15th. Um, I was, I've, I've never played Star Wars Galaxies, but I, but I felt sort of bad uh, because I know that that community is really strong. Um, and, uh, and, I th- and I think there are going to be a lot of people that are really sad, sad that it's going to be gone. Carla, you played, didn't you? Yes, I did. Um, I thought that it was time. Seriously, I mean, I loved Star Wars Galaxies when it first started, but then they changed the game, and it became something completely different than what I originally started out playing, and while I love the game and love the theme of the Star Wars, you know, it's just, it's time has come, and and I'm you know, I'm glad that I got to experience it because I like sandbox games, and that was very much a sandbox game. And uh, but it's time. And I also think that you should, everybody should be excited because I think that's kind of a telltale sign of that. You know, they're making way for Star Wars. You know, the Old Republic. Right. Right. So anyway, there was a uh, there's an interview with John Smedley from Star Wars Galaxy on Massively. We'll have a link to that in our notes. But he basically just talked about how you know it was time for it to end, and you know it was a mutual decision with LucasArts, and and he even mentioned Tor as one of the reasons, and and even kind of gave it good mojo. Said I'm looking forward to to playing it myself. So so that was a. Uh, um, just a little nice little footnote, and you know they're going until December fifteenth. I think you can still you you will still be able to to buy the game until September fifteenth, and you can start accounts um, maybe through September fifteenth. Anyway, we have an article on our on our show notes. Uh, I'm sorry, on our site, which kind of gives a link to the article with all the important dates. If you were still interested in trying that game before it goes away forever. Um, and I think that might be it for the biggest news. We have quick mentions, right, Carla? Yeah, well, I wanted to just add to that oh, last of the <laughs> massively interview thing was the one thing that caught me that I thought was kind of a bummer is the interviewer asked, well, are they going to go free to play for the last three or four months? And they said, no. <laughs> and I thought, well, <laughs> darn, they should. You know, but anyway. All righty, that was just my little two cents. Our quick mentions are um, at the um, SDCC, they're going to have an off-site hands-on gameplay time because a lot of people couldn't get tickets, and it's going to be at the Hilton Gas Lamp Hotel. And I, is this correct? They're going to have uh, hands-on gameplay for Tor, uh, Mass Effect 3, and Dragon Age 2. Is that correct? 
yeah, that's what David Best said in his Jeff Tracker post. So that was neat, I thought. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I like it that they're having it off off site because they knew so many people couldn't get tickets. That's really cool. Yeah. Was Dragon Age 2 in that list of games? It was. Yeah, so they're cool. The downloadable content, yeah, the new deal. Oh, I was going to say, because you could come to my apartment and we could do hands-on <laughs> time if you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll have all of your contact information in the show notes also. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You know that email address you don't check? <laughs> oh, Lord. Anyway, Damien Schubert also said in a dev track post that key bindings are in so those that like to change their key bindings, they're going to be in. Um, Georg says no gear score type function. In short, item modifications play a big role in your gear. So assigning a rating isn't useful. And we'll have a link to his post about that. And cross-faction communication is now, it's in now? You're well, kidding. it's in, the, in testing now. Oh, okay. Yeah. I started <laughs> to say, they, they keep going back and forth on it. Are we going to be able to talk or are we not going to be able to talk? But it's in uh, now? Okay. Yeah. They haven't decided. <laughs> but I think that they they said that their their uh, worries about people being jerks to each other are coming true. So I think that they're leaning towards not having, I think, quote, unfettered communication between the factions. Which is I think any, is... Sorry, is there any MMO that lets you do uh, cross-faction talking? But this isn't like any other MMO because they can talk to each other in the movies. You know? Yeah. Right. I, I, there are some other MMOs that do, and, and I'm, I'm blanking on the names right now. I, I think, I don't know if Rift, uh, no, Rift, that was a different thing. I'm going, I'm trying to catalog through my brain of all the different um, uh, MMO comparisons that have been made lately to the Old Republic because I, I seem to hear a new one Actually, every day. Actually, Rift but... does allow you in Say. It does allow right, you. You right. can't do it in Trade Channel or any other type of channel, you know, no Zone Channel. But if but... you're talking in Say where you're right there beside them, yep. mm-hmm. You could still yeah. taunt them or be ugly to them or be nice to them or whatever. And I think that is one of the things that they're considering. So they're still fooling around with that whole idea. Um, you know, I don't know. I think it sh- you should be able to and that people should just, you know, uh, relax. I mean, if someone's a jerk to you, put them on ignore. You know, I think that yeah. we really need to be protected from having our feelings hurt. <laughs> I will, you know, um, all the different, you know, the sides of the story uh, – one of our guys over at Darth Vader, Railmar, actually wrote a uh, little opinion piece on it after the big, huge thread that that post was actually put in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, we, we threw it up on the site, and he just kind of takes a whole bunch of different people's points of view and, and just kind of puts them all up there in a pretty concise way for you to see it. And yeah, I, I got I to side with, with uh, you know, Fodig's actually quoted in here with saying, with a, specifically talking about um, certain things should be cross-faction and certain things should be encrypted. And yeah, I don't see any problem with having localized chat. I mean, they all speak the same language. I, I would be upset if it was like integrated into something where they could grief you all day long, like in a in a uh, uh, trade, trade chat channel. or, or yes. something like that, or general chat even. But if if someone's right beside me and they want to say, I I think you're stupid, uh, I'm <laughs> I'm okay with that. It won't hurt my feelings. I won't go home or anything like that me too i think that that it, it's part of the game i think it needs to be in the game the only thing that i would like to say in opposite of that well really not opposite but 
I want to say that I hope that they have a much larger or maybe infinite ignore list. Oh, please. Yes, that's the exi- definitely. That's the I can't I can't I can't even <laughs> right. come up with the right words to 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 vocalize exactly <laughs> how much I agree with you. That's <laughs> limits limits on those things under the, I understand they exist for a reason. Uh there are certain restrictions that need to be in place simply because of how much data they're remembering even if it's only a, a couple bytes. It's just a different channel. So I understand that a lot of people out there that are programmers are saying, but we can't do that. But please just let me block so many people because when you run out of a list of people that you can block I, it's just, it's always annoying because then you got to go through and be like, okay, who was in the gold spammer? The account probably doesn't exist anymore that I have to delete so I can block this dude. That's really or... funny. So if you guys actually like hit the limit on the people you ignore and, and oh, other yeah. games and you well, play. Wow, I okay. did it a, many years ago. <laughs> I mean, I had only been playing the game, what, two years and I hit the limit. So What's the totally... limit in WoW? What is the limit? I don't know, but it's not big enough. Yeah, <laughs> is, it like, is it like 100 or... 10 or I think it's like a hundred it's a hundred wow there are a hundred people you're trying to avoid I don't know if there's a hundred people like in life that I'm like (laughs) trying to avoid (laughs) that's that's what the trick is is it is it like a lot of times I mean yeah certainly there are a few people that I just run a lot run into while as I play that I'm like you're not a good person I don't like you leave me alone but most of the time it's it's gold sellers and spammers and things like that and Mm -hmm. so it's like then you have to go through and decipher once again like I said at least I do decipher okay who's someone that i actually hated and who is someone who is just <laughs> on a gold channel like filling up my trade chat so i couldn't read anything well yeah. notes are definitely something that have to be allowed so that you can make a note see that's what wow ended up doing is that you could put a note beside that person when you ignored them <laughs> saying how they wronged you <laughs> yeah, yes, normally it's exactly. i just put spammer 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 was, jerk jerk jerk, jerk. <laughs> i remember once when we were raiding years ago and we invited it was like somebody like a front a friend of a friend or something was going to join us for a raid and you were trying to invite him and you couldn't and you go like oh i put you on ignore i never put people on ignore you must have been really nasty to me <laughs> or something like that i like it <laughs> Well, I don't put normal people on ignore. Usually it's those gold spammers or trade chat spammers. You definitely could have uh, used that notation thing at the time. Absolutely. (laughs) Oh, well. All righty, moving on. That's a wrap for the biggest tour news. Sin. Strong am I with the Force. Jedi. Last time, we found out that all three of us would have no problem promoting our own causes in the workplace. We wouldn't go out of our way to trash talk our fellow workers, but we wouldn't go out of our way to praise them either. Our current scores stand at Carla negative 4, Kathy plus 11, Roxanne plus 1. Remember, positive scores reflect a light side tendency, while negative scores reflect a dark side tendency. All right, here is the Sither Jedi test. It's the test of the crying child. You are having a nice dinner with a friend at a fairly high-end restaurant on a Saturday night. With drinks and tip, you expect the bill to be at least 70 or $80. dollars You have finished your appetizer and expect your main course to arrive soon. Suddenly, 
in the booth right next to you, a child starts crying. At first it isn't too bad, but then the volume escalates to a shriek that actually hurts your eardrums before subsiding to quieter whimpers. Just when you think it's over, the shrieking picks up again. This goes on for a full two, three minutes. And the parents are not showing any indication of removing their child. What do you do? One, take a deep breath and wait it out. Either the toddler will stop crying or the parents will surely take the child out. Surely. Number two, ask your server to be moved to a different part of the restaurant. Three, turn to your parents and inform them that this isn't Applebee's and they should avoid the nicer restaurants if their child cannot behave. All right, Roxanne, what would you do? Oh man, I'm going first. I you are. Because I can't <laughs> gauge how mean other people are. <laughs> well, you know, honestly, I would probably just do the first one because uh, I am, like, horrified of conflict in, like, a social sense. <laughs> like, so even if it really bothered me, I wouldn't want to, like, make a big deal about it because I don't, I don't know. There, I, there's no good reason, I guess. If it was really upsetting me, I should just move. But moving's kind of a hassle, and I, I kind of feel like they should move. But <laughs> I would probably just, like, freak out about all of this internally. One. Yeah, I would just, like, <laughs> sit there and stare at my plate and be like, oh, no. <laughs> like, uh, because of your yeah inability to make a scene, you have in, in accidentally chosen the light side, which earned you a plus one. <laughs> all right, it is better to be sympathetic and wait for the unpleasantness to subside. At least you aren't the one that has to go home with the noisy child. How about you, Carla? I am so Sith-like on this one. <laughs> well, especially because I know what I did as a parent when my children were very small, when they were disruptive, I would take them to the bathroom and calm them and, and try to figure out what was wrong, whether it be, you know, time to change a diaper or trying to feed them or, or maybe something, you know, else was going on. And I did that out of respect for other people. Because I know that, that there are a lot of people that don't have kids or they're not, you know, they're, they're there, especially if, because if you're spending this much money per person, you're dressed nice, you're there to have a very nice evening, and I certainly wouldn't want a very expensive meal to be interrupted by screeching and crying and temper tantrums. And I would very politely do number three. Definitely good for you. I don't think I could do that. I would want to. (laughs) (laughs) I would. I. But that's just it. I. I sometimes act in a not so smart way. And (laughs) although I don't know that number three was said to be in a polite way, but I guess we'll let you have it. (laughs) I wouldn't have used the term Applebee's, but. (laughs) All right. Well, you have chosen the dark side, even though I applaud you. (laughs) Parents should know better than to inflict their obnoxious offspring on a restaurant full of people who do not want to pay good money for the ambiance of a poorly run preschool. A verbal smackdown (laughs) is just reward for their rudeness. Oh, I love it. <laughs> okay, Ben, how about you? Oh man, um, this is this is actually kind of a tough one. I I tend to err towards the non-confrontational side. Uh, however, in in that case, I probably would just I would need something to be done. However, I'm not moving. I'm not moving. <laughs> I'm not causing the issue. Um, I if I if I if I was able to augment it, I would say something along the lines of a little more 
Palpatine, you know, not necessarily Vader. I'm not going to go do the action myself. I'm going to get the waiter to make them leave. <laughs> That's um, dark enough. Exactly. Just, just, you know, be like, you know, well, I'm not, I'd be saying anything. something be done? <laughs> right, right, right. So it's like, I, I'd go up to the waiter and say, you know, um, you should really have them deal with that or something. And then when they get the dirty looks after they're forced to leave, I can look at them and say, it wasn't me. The waiter asked you to go. It's a little... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Computational without being confrontational. Um, but I think I might have to take the dark side on this one. If, if, if it's only one of those three choices, I think I'm just going to have to go with, I'm not going to move. Um, normally, I wouldn't be quite so crass as to, as to pull off the, uh, uh, this is an Applebee's go away. I'm not necessarily that snide. Um, but yeah, if I'm spending that much money on a, on a, on a dinner, I'm not going to grin and bear it. There you yeah. go. What <laughs> about you, Kathy? Um, well, that gives Ben a negative one, uh, but, uh, I would, uh, this is really tough. Um, I, you know what? I would probably wimp out also. I would be thinking all these things and I would be saying the snide remarks in my head and probably to the people at my table, <laughs> at which point my daughters would be shushing me and they're going to hear <laughs> you. <laughs> Just kind of a passive aggressive way of handling it. I would probably, but I would probably end up going with number one. So, um, just because, you know, how long can, how can it actually go on? You gotta hope less than five minutes. <laughs> um, and then I would hope that the, that the restaurant people would somehow take care of it. So I guess I'm gonna go light side also. So I think that means. Oh, Carla, you could, you can work on your dark side score this, this week. I think that puts you at negative. Five, is that right? Uh-huh. Um, I'll go plus 12 and Roxanne. Plus two. plus two. Yeah, plus two. You went light side also. <laughs> All right, good. Well, next, we'll keep your score on hand for you, Dover, so when you come back. That's right. Work. I was about to say, I'm going to, yeah, I can't forever live in, in the, the the record books as just being a negative one. You can go back and take all the other tests. You have to go back and take all the other tests so we know what your final score is. Gonna, that's what I'll do. I'll go back and take all the other tests. I'll send you guys an email that says, I Sounds am good. this. There you go. Negative uh, 50, even though there's only been 27 tests. points? Is that is just like extra super evil points? If I come up with answers that are more evil than what they can... <laughs> yeah. Double negatives. Awesome. Double negatives. Okay, I'm done with this. I've got homework. All right. You can take the full Sith or Jedi test on our site at CorellianRun.com. Keep score and see which way you lean. All right. That sound means it's time for Community Buzz, where we take a look at some of the issues the fans are talking about. Um... There was a post, this is actually more than a couple weeks ago, but I wanted to talk about it just because anytime Damien Schubert posts, I love everything that he says. Um, And he was talking about something that I actually heard, I think, Larry Everett on one of the more recent Republic on Game Breaker TV podcasts. He was... He's he was talking about uh, how the story in Tor, you know, because how we all have our class stories, and um, uh, he and this person who posted this thread in the forums, which we will have a link to, they're worried that it will be, I guess, immersion breaking or irritating if you know you, the bounty hunter, have just completed the same exact quest that that Joe Schmo, the bounty hunter, standing next to you. Um, uh, has done and and that will somehow I don't know 
ruin the experience for you or just make it, you know, harder or it'll make you feel like, oh, I'm not as unique as I, as I think I am. Um, and, and I really, I, I felt like, well, I mean, what do the, what did, what does this, the OP want? Does he want there to be no story at all? Or does he want it to be so general that it, that the stories don't mean anything? Um, and I, yeah, I just wanted to ask you, I mean, is that something, do you guys worry about the fact that you're going to be completing the same quests and, and how that will somehow make, you know, you'll, you'll feel like, ugh, we can't, I can't talk about my quest because you know, they've done the exact same thing and it'll be too, it'll be too immersion breaking. Um, I, I want to talk first. I'm going to cut everyone else off. Uh, <laughs> So the, one of the amazing things about just like that branching narrative thing that Bioware's so good at doing is how often you don't align with your friends. Because when I talk to, you know, my other friends who play Mass Effect or Dragon Age, it's like they, people's experiences are pretty different. And they, there are, you know, a fraction, a tiny fraction of the amount of uh, different choices that you're going to be able to have when compared with Tor. And um, you, I know you get this kind of like jolt of electricity almost when people like say things that are familiar to you. Like, I mean, yesterday on Facebook chat, I was talking to a friend of mine who, you know, I don't really talk to that often, maybe like once a year, but she had just played Dragon Age and we were just comparing Dragon Age stories, and which is so ridiculously fun. Like, I don't have tons of friends who play like, you know, mm -hmm. uh, the Bioware games and just like going over stories and common experiences is Seriously, it is like as fun as playing the actual game. So absolutely no, it's not immersion breaking. That is like why I am looking forward to this MMO. So I can like have common experiences with other people because that's what like, I don't know, experiences are awesome. That's what life is. <laughs> <laughs> and in Ooh. fact, I think Damon, Damon Schubert, he even said that that actually in, in you know, it he agrees. I mean, with what you just said, in point of fact, when you have a common experience, like it bonds you together. So it's actually, it's actually good for community because that was sort of the point of this, this thread He's like, it's going to hurt the community. These, this, these restrictions on the story. And, um, and yeah, and he used that, ex that exact example where, you know, now you have something in common and you're like, yeah, that was really cool. I did this this way. And, you know, and the guy will say, I did it too. And, and when, re so really it's not hurting, you know, the socialization or the community, it, it can be a kind of thing where it's actually helping. Um, and the other thing is, yeah, is, I mean, even though we all have the same, well, I mean, class, general class story, I'm assuming that there will be some divergence when, you know, depending on your choices that you make when you talk to people. So it's not as if we're all doing the exact same steps, one right after the other, I think. Yeah, that's the thing that kind of blows my mind with this. And I've, I've picked up on this for a while. And normally I... I want to ride the middle line. I'm kind of a look at it from both sides type of guy mm -hmm. nine times out of ten. But this is one where the entire argument kind of blows my mind and I don't get it. And, and the reason why is that these people are playing either they're, they're playing a couple different or they're coming from a couple different viewpoints. Either A, they're coming from single player, or single player games. And okay, you're not the only person that bought Mass Effect. Someone else bought Mass Effect. Someone else played Mass Effect. You're not the only one, and so you have a shared experience of having done this with someone else. Maybe you don't see that person running through the world, but that's a you know you understand that more than one person has experienced a story. It, right. it doesn't necessarily have to affect it. And and God help me if these guys are coming from an MMO perspective, because if these are MMOers that are worried about it hurting the MMO community, um, 
like why like uh, how many of these people played <laughs> wow and played black wings lair or freed the marshal in black rock depths or um went to go kill arthas or went to go like it, these bosses respawn you go and kill them every week this is something everyone does just because bioware actually made the story sound important doesn't mean you're doing anything different than you've done in all these other MMOs. So if, if killing Arthas for the 47th time didn't ruin the community, then why would two people who, share, who, who didn't even share mm-hmm. identical Bounty of stories but just similar have an right. issue? It just, it, I can't wrap my brain around it. It seems, it seems like a non-problem. Okay, well, I'm going to let you wrap your brain around it because I have a different <laughs> perspective. <laughs> because this has been my biggest concern all along, and I'm still trying to figure out how much it's going to impact. First of all, what they're saying about us both having the same story is going to make this a less social game. I don't buy that. Okay, that part, mm-hmm. I completely agree with Roxanne and, and Dover and you and I mean, everybody. Uh, but what I do think is going to hurt it is the fact that I'm not going to want you talking to me while I'm trying to do my class quest because i got to hear it. Oh, that you mean like a spoiler yeah. kind of? <laughs> well, not only that is I want to be able to hear the, the because everything is voice activated and I'm not activated, but voice, you know, projection. Oh, I mean, they're well, reading me my quest or my cutscene or whatever. I'm not going to want it, them to interrupt me being able to experience that cutscene. Or oh, I, uh, I completely, I, I do actually agree with that because we. We've actually had conversations about uh, Darth Vader making a, uh, I'm like a like a quest channel, like it was mm-hmm. it's a it's a fully muted channel where no one can talk. You just go in there whenever you're doing a quest because I mean that is an issue. Uh, we experience I experience this every time I play the game at a convention and a dev comes over to talk to me, and I'm like I totally want to talk to you, but I also want to hear what that NPC just said. Um, right. So so I can especially Ventrilo, uh, or or Teamspeak or whatever voiceover IP you happen to be using for your guild or group, I can see how, I can definitely see how that can quickly become an issue. Um, I don't know if that deals with the immersion breaking part uh, in, 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 the, in the sense of, you know, having two people sharing the same story, but that that could definitely augment how communities function with voiceover systems. Or, you know, being having someone try to get your attention in guild chat, just in the game text chat and when you're in a dialogue you can't see it and so it rolls up too far and so you never see it and then someone gets mad at you later it's like why didn't you respond to my tell and i was like <laughs> i didn't see it i was talking to boris olgo on on alderaan so yeah i, I agree there, there definitely is a lot of hurdles there for people to get over well i think that the, you know how are you going to be able to talk about this if the, there's two smugglers I mean, how is it going to, to lessen the social aspect of the game? Because I don't think they're going to be talking that much to each other anyway because right. of the I whole think, voice thing. Right. Yeah. It could, could get back to the original idea um, of the immersion breaking thing. I think it's like a role player's concern, you know, if the people who actually um, are going to going to use their class quests, I guess, to, you know, build on their story and then interact with other players who are also role-playing. The, the fear is that, you know, now you're, you're, you're not, you're going to be talking about the same stuff. My, my feeling is that role-players are smart. They're going to, they're, and they're going to role-play 
outside their class quest story and they're just going to figure out we're not going to talk about this or or we will talk about it and we'll work it in but but I don't think it's the kind of thing that's that's going to hurt the game. It's not a deal breaker, uh-uh. Yeah, and and also, yeah, and as you were saying, you know, the the killing Arthas x number of times over and over again. You know, here, you know, in in WoW, you you are all doing the exact same quests. There's not even the delineation of of the different classes have different class quests. Um, you know, it, so it's sort of like we actually have more stories and more variants than we did in previous MMOs for role players. And it, no, I didn't really hear people worrying about about not being able to role play in WoW because everybody's doing the exact same quest in Goldshire. So Yeah, but in WoW people didn't read the quest anyway. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, is that <laughs> is that the problem? So this problem actually arises because the story is so strong and people would be paying attention. Right. Um but I don't know. I I, I don't think it's actually gonna be something that's gonna hurt the game so much that me people either. need to sit around worrying about it. But that's just me. I'm not that big a role player. Yeah. Uh, um, um, on a related note, I mean, I, one of the things that I, I see is the concern um, about Tor being too much like an like a single player game um, because you have all these you're, you're so involved in your story and you know as Carlo was saying you don't want other people to bother you. <laughs> um, do you, is this like do we do we think this is a a, a real problem for an MMO or is it just going to be? I mean, my feeling is that. Yeah, there's going to be the single-player aspect of this game. There's going to be times when you're going to want to be on your own. But then, you know, there's going to be all these other things that you can do with other people. Why why can't you have both? Um, You know, I don't really see it as a problem of, like, you can't talk to people when you're doing your class quest. Because it's just like, I don't know, I does anyone here, like, not play uh, single-player games and also talk to, like, their friends and vent? Because that's, like, something I do... And you just, like, you know, you shut up when people are actually talking to you, like, in-game. But, yeah, I mean, it's still not that the amount of time, the percentage of time when people are, like, talking to you and you need a lesson is still pretty, like, manageable. It's just you can still talk to people all the time. They just have to learn that you're not always listening because there's game content that you have to pay attention to. I mean, it's kind of like this might be a kind of a weak analogy. I'm not sure. It's like, you know, you have your your job and you have to go to your work and while you're at work you can't talk to your friends but when you come home from work you can talk to friends or you can do it before it's just there's a there's a block of time when you can't interact with other people it's just time management i don't know (laughs) i don't know but if if you're talking about like being a part of a huge guild or let's use i mean we could even use darth hater's team speak i mean i've been in their team speak and seen you know, the masses, and I can just imagine me sitting there trying to do my class quest in one of their event channels, and three or four people come in, and you have to actually, you're going to have to mute vent just so that you can hear the voiceover for the cutscene that you're doing, Mm -hmm. or you won't be able to hear, especially in larger guilds or larger, you know, social hubs, whether that be, you know, DH's um, TeamSpeak or, you know, your guild may have a vent that has a lot of people in it. Even if you went to another channel that other people may just pop in and, you know, you're either going to have to have it muted, which I think it's taking away a lot of the social interaction. So this is what I'm going to say. Like, if 
if you and I were having a conversation and we were physically in the room together and, mm-hmm. you know, we're talking and Kathy came up and wanted to talk to one of us, mm-hmm. she wouldn't just talk over us. She'd have to wait <laughs> until, <laughs> like, we were not talking anymore. But that's, like, basically all we're talking about. It's that for the, for the couple seconds that it takes us to finish our conversation or a thought or that line, that, like, brief, that's – she can't speak to either one of us directly – the only difference is that it's pretty obvious it's going on. So there's just going to be a tiny learning curve where people haven't really figured out when people are engaged and, and aren't. I don't think it's going to be a big deal. Uh, I don't think it's community breaking, but it is something that people are going to kind of have to like, you know, catch up on. I think it's going to change the way most MMOers play the game because of the social hub. I'm thinking back of when you and I were raiding, Kathy, and even when we were doing Quest and WoW, I mean, we would not stay in the main channel. We would go to another channel just so that we could communicate with the Quest or, you know, whatever the directives were. But I'm not reading what's on your screen. I don't know when you're going to be in a voiceover, you know, or a cutscene. You're not going to know when I'm in a cutscene if we're doing our class quest, so you don't know when to pause and wait for that person to finish. And if you don't yeah, have your... Yeah, that person's just I mean, that's what, that's what I said. The, <laughs> but the, yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the person will just say, I'm listening, or they'll get out of... The, or they'll just be like, hang on a sec. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think it's going to be that hard. I think it's going to... I think people will figure it out. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a little different. But but so so this is where I reveal that I don't like vent that much so i i I only go into vent when i have to (laughs) because i yeah when i'm questing on my own i tend to be kind of isolationist and i want to be not bothered or i'm doing it or you know i'm I'm maybe questing with my husband or something and, you know, I'm talking to him. And so we'll go into our own little channel if, if, if we're in a different part of the house. Uh, um, but yeah, I don't know. How about you, Ben? Do you spend, when you play MMOs, do you like to be talking to your friends at the same time? Um, actually not. When I, it depends. Um, when I, when I'm going to be on my, uh, my Darth Vader character, cause I, I've said many mm-hmm. times on our event that, that I'm going to have like a public persona and a private persona. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not a hardcore big group rating always have to be with someone type of guy. I am a I'm doing with my wife, I'm doing with my best friend and we're just going off and doing our thing. Um so all the social interaction I need in an average day of playing an MMO is taken care of simply by guild chat, typed, just text, just reading it. That's right. all I need. Um that's all so I normally will stay out of events unless there's an activity for me to get on. Now the reason why I put the caveat in there is that um, when I'm on my Darth Hater official character, uh, I will certainly be jumping into vent just so I can chat with people and have a social presence. Mm-hmm. But uh, when I'm on my personal character, um, like they'll be lucky to get a hold of me just by text. Because like I'm just going <laughs> to be living. They'll be lucky if they know who your character is. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to be talking to you know. I'm going to be talking to. Uh, my wife in person, or I'm going to be talking to my best friend over Skype or something. That's just, that's how I roll. Yeah. Now, Carla, I know you like to be in Vent all the time when you're, when you're playing. Isn't that, or is that, that's the way you used to be anyway. I do. And that's what, why I'm concerned is because I'm a really a social person and I love getting to know people in the guild and uh, love chatting with them about other things while I'm 
you know, playing my character because I can do two things at one time. Sometimes, not all the time, you know, but, you know, I like um, being, you know, especially if you're doing some kill quest or something very mundane. I mean, it breaks the monotony because you can sit there and kill those things and chat with people at the same time. And I'm very concerned because of my personal vent behavior that I'm really worried about interrupting someone else's class quest or them interrupting mine or or any cutscene type thing. I, I would be very, very concerned because I wouldn't want to ruin someone else's, you know, right. experience. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're all just going to have to figure out a way to get a handle on it, I guess. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, I think all right. Let's see. Well, that goes, um, takes us to another thing on the community buzz about there was a extra credits article or not article, but video uh, about game reviews and what it took and what their suggestions were for reviewing, you know, games. You can't just mm -hmm. say, wake up one day and say, hey, I want to be a game reviewer and not know. <laughs> what you're doing at least i wouldn't want that kind although of game some people do although, I think. yeah i think yeah. that was actually one of his suggestions he was like if you want to start writing games like get a wordpress site and go i know but that kind <laughs> of scares me <laughs> um, yeah i really liked this this video um that we we've plugged them before but uh, i watch them every every thursday when they come out with a new one but this one i thought was especially interesting because we've you know, been hearing some reviews and, um, and a lot of times when I hear, especially, especially if it's a negative review, I'm really interested to kind of put their review in context, um, to try to figure out, you know, who they are, what kind of gamer they are. Cause sometimes you get these reviews and they say things that just sound weird. Like, like, have you never played an MMO before? Or, oh, yes. you know, <laughs> and so it's, it's like there, there's definitely an art to doing a good review, and they and they talk about this on this extra credits. Um, but uh, but yeah, Roxanne, you really, what was it that we were talking about? You that you, that they said something that you have always been harping on for a while. Oh, um, one of the things that this isn't this is sort of sort of related. It's like a cousin of that topic. But one of the things about the like state of video game journalism or whatever, I guess is that it is so dependent on just reviews. It, I would say it's basically only that. And they don't have, there's no critique, no criticism, like the way you have film mm -hmm. theory and uh, like literary criticism. And that, I've, we've definitely gotten to the point in this medium where that is absolutely something we need. And that's a lot more useful than uh, to just quote James Ward now from that thing. He said that the biggest critique of game reviews is that it's all review, no critique. So, reviews tend to be just a rap sheet of what's in the game. They're like, it had these features and these boss fights, and there's no analysis of what that means. And I was reminded of, um, you know, in my high school newspaper, there someone wrote once, it was like a review of, of one of our plays that we did, but it was just a beat by beat what happened, like a summary. And I was like, this <laughs> is terrible. And you understand when you read that, that that's not how journalism works. And you're like, there's something that's flawed with this, but we just don't have like... I don't know, the, the, like, um, the cultural, the video game like medium intelligence to, to recognize what view, reviews should be yet. And because um, he said that uh, a lot of what we see is just kind of these vague personal um, like assertions and there's no, there's no 
kind of like culture or, or past theory to lean on that we can all reference. There definitely, there is, because video games have been around for, you know, decades. But um, I don't know, it's just not something you see when people write about video games, if that makes right. any sense. Right, and I think, he, yeah, well, and I think he said, like, some, you know, uh, the example he gave is if a reviewer says something like, well, the boss was pretty awesome, but the game lacked polish. And then they just go on and you're left with, well, what did that mean? <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, so like, so, so what, so what do you oh, guys. Oh, do? I, forget, I have one more thing to add. <laughs> and a, a reason that the video game reviews are kind of lazily written like that is because as gamers, we've sort of, we have this really bad habit of being tied to like the Metacritic score thing. So we think that every game in every category, as broad as that is, can be, you know, boil down to a broad numerical score, and then that's the most useful type of criticism, even though it's not criticism. So reviewers are free to write kind of like less than optimal reviews as long as like, because people just want to see that number, and then they go off. And how that, you know, a rap sheet, a numerical score is useful to a point. It's a service that people need. But a better tool would be like comparative reviews, things that say, if you are a player of this type of games, if these are your personal preferences, then this game is going to fall into this category. And so, yeah, we just, we're at the point in the medium where there's a lot of specialization going on and we need to see that same type of specialization in like the journalism and the coverage that talks about the medium. Yeah. Yeah. I really, I really like that part. Um, well, and the, the idea that, um, yeah, it's kind of like a gear score for for games. Oh, that's <laughs> but such a good like, comparison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and he and he says, you know, there, you know, we would never, you would never buy a game that's like an eight or below. Right. But he briefly see- he briefly talked about the score inflation that exists with games. How basically, if you have a game, you know, an eight to a ten is like good, and a seven is like don't buy. It's crap. And you talked about how you would never buy a game that scored a seven, but plenty of us see like two star movies and they showed like Green Lantern for a second. Right. But yet, right. <laughs> there's just this idea that you can boil down all information into this three number range and then like all assertions from that point on are meaningless. Right, right. So so anyway. This, go this ahead. is this is actually a point where what you guys are doing with Curly Run uh, are kind of representative of and, and what we do with Darth Hater. Um, the podcast space is actually a great cure of this for me personally. And, and the reason is, is that I don't always have time to stick with a single writer uh, and, and to, to stay with the writer's body of work long enough to... There goes my phone again. Long enough <laughs> to uh, um, to say I, I agree with this guy or I don't agree with that guy, but... But I, I listen to a lot of podcasts with my job. I have a lot of uh, time when I'm not talking to humans at work. Um, <laughs> and so because of that, I, I find myself very quickly, uh, I become affiliated or, or endeared to a certain por- person's point of view on, you know, Weekend Confirmed or, or, you know, Giant Bombs podcast or Talk Radio or something like that. And I find someone whose personality and whose likes tend to mimic mine. And then I have a tendency to follow that reviewer's um, preferences more attentively. Like, I, I don't necessarily mm-hmm. put 100% stock in it because I'm a bit of an eclectic gamer. Some of the most fun I've had on games have been on sixes. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Monster Hunter series, and I'm not Japanese, so go figure. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, so because of that, I have a tendency to 
look outside of the box and try different games. I love Demon Souls, and, and I played Dark Souls at E3, and if you guys are followers of how insane that game is, you, sh- you should know that I'm a glutton for punishment. But, um, <laughs> but uh, the, the reviewers in general, like, you can get around a lot of that by finding, and I, podcasting works better for me because of my time devotion that I can do to finding people that I like, but if you find a reviewer that likes the things that you like and has tendency to find scores, like, what I would suggest, if you're out there looking for a review score, and this doesn't fix the system, but there are far more intelligent people than I trying to fix the system, so I'm not sure how much I could personally add to it. But <laughs> um, the suggestion I would make is take your list of your favorite games. What do you love to play? And, and figure that out beforehand, and then go to Metacritic with that list and find someone else who has been reviewing things in that vein. And then whenever you find someone who thinks like you do, who likes the games that you like, who gives tens to your tens when everyone else is giving them fives and then things like that, you'll find someone who's got a mindset like yours. And then you can find someone who you trust a little bit more. Like I trust my best friend's judgment because he thinks a lot like me, but um, his judgment might seem as insane and and as, as punishing as mine does to someone who wants to play Farmville. So, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Got to make the throwback there. Um, so, so yeah, but the, the entirety of it, the, the one thing that I, that I always heard that made the most sense to me is that um, there's no such thing as games journalist. There, we are in a, games journalism is a, is a misnomer. We're enthusiast press, which means that we get fed what we get fed by the people that want to feed us what they want to feed us. And, and because of that, it's much easier for you to sift through the wasteland if you can find someone who thinks like you do and, and let them lead you along than it is to try to, you know, look at, a, at the 7 to 10 scale and say that that means anything. Because you're right, it doesn't. Uh, what, what's, different from a, what's the difference between a 2 and a 4? Like, if someone gives, like, there's, it's so arbitrary and personal that if you don't know who you're talking to or who you're listening or getting the information from, it's kind of impossible to make a, a value right. judgment on. Yeah, I think they talked about uh, in this extra creds video just how, how little wiggle room you have at the top where they say, well, what's the difference between, like, a crazy classic like Zelda or even, like, Shadow of the Colossus, something that is really just looked to in the industry for being incredibly well-conceived and executed, and a game that is just, you know, really confidently executed. And I think they showed right. Bayonetta, which has, like, a 9 or 9.5, where those, like... If you just look at the score, they're similar, but there there's a pretty big gap in that last like little you know the ninety to ten percent and yeah and and how uh, you know a ten point scale or a five point scale doesn't accommodate those differences. Right. right. Did you did you guys get a chance to look at there was a G four uh, re- preview I guess from E three it was like a E three twenty eleven preview some guy wrote. Jeffrey Matulov, I can't remember how to pronounce it, but um, but he, he kind of starts off with just sort of like, well, I a Star Wars MMO is just a bad idea. <laughs> sort of the <laughs> attitude he has, yeah. it's like oh, Star Wars is dumb. That's know? right, like, crazy. He like I think I I can't quote the exact line, but he was like. Well, he's like, I like Bioware, so if anyone can pull off this tenuous concept, I'm like, a Star Wars MMO is a tenuous concept? Yeah, like, way to take some risks there with, <laughs> like, one of the most <laughs> beloved franchises of all time. <laughs> right? So. I, like, I, I'm not a fan of sports games. Um, I don't, I'm just not that guy. Mm-hmm. So if I was writing reviews, I shouldn't be writing reviews about sports games. Someone who follows 
football religiously should be writing about how good Madden is. Someone who's obsessed with golf should be telling me whether or not I should play Tiger Woods. And <laughs> someone who hates MMOs or hates Star Wars, like hates, you know, just has no connection to it whatsoever, shouldn't be reviewing those. Like, it just... I, I guess maybe I guess the Star Wars one's a bit much because then you have to worry about fanboyism and, and bias. Bias exists everywhere, so I, I can understand why that might be there. But I've seen a lot of reviews for people that start off with, "I hate PvP, but let me review PvP in Star Wars: The Old Republic." <laughs> <laughs> I know. What are you doing? Yeah, and that's kind of what I was talking about. It's really nice to to have that context. I mean, it's nice that he went ahead and kind of outlined, you know, kind of prepared us for the fact that I he wasn't going to like I, the game. I must be wrong. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the first line of that review is, sorry, Bioware fanboys. Yeah, actually, <laughs> I have it here. This is going to be balanced. Yes. Apology, apologies to Bioware fanboys, but I have to admit that I was skeptical of a Star Wars MMO. <laughs> um, and then he goes on from there. Oh. <laughs> um, so, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, to be... And, it actually isn't fair for us to make fun of or, or expect any of these reviews of, of Tor to be held up to the standards that, that are, are laid out from this uh, extra credits thing. Because no one has played it long enough. I mean, you you can't comment. Well, it's true. Well, this comment is a review. On... It's not, yeah, yeah, it's not a review. It's a, it's coverage of something that hasn't come out yet, which is a totally, right. totally different thing. But yeah. <laughs> But but yes, it's just a. But know, some of the points carry through, like how you how you can't just like base like coverage on vague personal assertions. He's like, you know what? I basically only like the original trilogy, and I'm not so a fan of the prequels. So I'm really not sure about this game because it doesn't take place in the time frame of the original trilogy. I'm like, what? That makes no <laughs> sense. <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, well, it is kind so. of painful to listen to sometimes. <laughs> so all of you out here, there who want to be, you know, game reviewers, you know, keep these things in mind. This is actually a, a good, a, a, a good jumping point for uh, the video to watch if you are interested in that kind of thing at all. I think that might be about it. What is it? How, how about you, Carla? I think that is about it. We did get in a call in. Um, and I'd like to play that call-in right now. Hi, ladies. just like to say a huge fan. Listen to your show every week, both up for the last couple of weeks because you guys have been gone. Just calling in response to Roxanne's input on the last episode, episode 25. She hit everything on the nail. We get too much information. <laughs> and I, when we were, you guys were talking about that, I was laughing at myself because not only do I listen to your podcast, I listen to every single small tour podcast out there. You got hater, tourcast. Game Breaker TV, and it's true, like, we do this to ourselves, we, we hurt ourselves by researching and researching and researching this huge IP, so we love Star Wars, let's face it, this is our past, present, and future, you know, especially if we plan to play this for five years like we did in WoW. Um, I just, we, we have to realize that for us hardcore gamers, like, you know, me, Carla, and probably and Kathy, we uh, we can't be the target audience. We we can't be the one that the game is made for because we're a lot better than the new crowd that's come in. <laughs> I mean, we're, we have so many so much experience with the mechanics and how to you know be a boss that it would be unfair for Bioware to make a game that's challenging to us because it would be impossible for brand new gamers to get to our level. But we have PhDs in MMOs. But in games to be made more for people like Roxanne, where math aren't needed. 
add-ons aren't needed. You know, things are easier. <laughs> like, single-player gamers are used to having complete control of the outcome of every single thing in the game. In MMOs, we have to rely on 20-plus people to fulfill their roles in order to become successful. So maybe we can change our views on it, relax on, you know, needing macros, needing uh, add-ons, clickers for a couple patches and let everyone catch up to us, and then when we get to, like, the insanity, the insanity uh, level, 30 seconds off on that. Love you, love you ladies. You so, like, he touched on about different things. <laughs> but yet another member of the Roxanne fan club, which Woo! is like... <laughs> Even though he thinks I'm a worse gamer than you guys. Oh, no, just different. Just different. You're the noob to MMOs, not RPGs. I would say, um, maybe this is a little not exactly responding to what he was saying, but, like, the the quote unquote like elite MMO gamers are like the ones who need to be babied the most. <laughs> They're like the ones on the forums who are like, I need this feature and this feature, and I need to, this to be exactly like this because I'm like such a crazy gamer and I've like I'm so good at WoW because everything goes exactly my way. I mean, like I, I don't know. I don't know if that makes you like <laughs> you a more competent raider or PVPer than me. I'm pretty sure I can like. I'm pretty sure I could, you know, take Carla or Kathy to the mat in PvP, and I'm not an <laughs> MMO gamer. <laughs> but, like, um... And, and, in fact, you have. You've beaten me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Which is not saying much, but yes. <laughs> but uh, I totally... I could totally agree with the... I think, like, the mental and emotional anguish of the, <laughs> like, uh, over-tour stimulation. I think I could hear it in his voice. <laughs> That was um, Anthony, Antonio Matthew, I think is how you pronounce his name. So thanks thanks for calling in with that. We really enjoyed your comments. And we would like to thank JJ from ToroCast for submitting the intro to our podcast today, the Macmillan's Promenade Polish Commercial. And, of course, we would like to thank Dover from Darth Hader for being a guest on our show. Dover, give us your contact information. Yeah, certainly. Um you guys can obviously uh, catch me on the Darth Hader podcast and uh, on articles on DarthHader.com. Uh, if you want to bug me personally, the easiest way to do it is on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter name is DoverBS or DoVerbs. Uh, I was pointed out that it spells both of those. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if you throw an at DoverBS in there, uh, it pings my phone and you guys can just bug the tar out of me there however you want to. Um, <laughs> And, you know, catch us on Darth Hader. Uh, we are always on there overstimulating uh, the uh, the community just as much as we possibly can, although I can empathize with a little burnout there. Uh, <laughs> and actually, I want to say, you know, thank you very much for you guys for having me on because this was a ridiculously large amount of fun. Uh, I Yay. think that we had, we had when, when, uh, when Emilea was able to come on, we were all like, oh, cool, yes, we've, we got some more presents out there. We got to go talk to, you know, the Curly Run Radio. And now I get to add my name to the list. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm expecting a virtual plaque somewhere of all the <laughs> That's right. Um, we're going we're gonna to slowly work through our way through the whole Darth Hater uh, team. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, if, if you, if you want to subject your listeners to that, that's your problem. Okay? <laughs> we'll, uh, we love you guys. We'll, <laughs> We'll, uh, we'll, we'll be happy to come on and, and bug anyone and, and uh, 
uh, get some podcast love going on for for everyone out there. But uh, thank you so much. This was this was a ridiculously large amount of fun. We I, I keep saying this to everyone uh, on our on our podcast and everything. We kind of have NPR going on over at Darth Hader. We're a bit kind of super information overload and whatnot. So the community really needs super fun, enjoyable <laughs> cast like your guys's, and uh, keep keep doing what you do. You guys too, because y'all are our information highway. <laughs> That's right. I like that. All right, and we'd also like to thank Elcat for writing a positive review um, about us on iTunes. We cannot stress enough how much we appreciate uh, high rating on iTunes because it helps us get stuff like media passes and that sort of thing, but it also helps um, new listeners find us. The higher the rating, the better off we are in iTunes. So we really appreciate it when you take a few minutes to give us a a good little thank you and boost our ratings. Uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes or Zoom, and you can contact us through our website at CorellianRun.com. You can click on the button up in the upper right-hand corner for t- uh, Twitter or Facebook, and our email is CorellianRun at gmail.com. We're looking to expand what we do at Carillion Run Radio. We can't do it without a little help from our community. We are looking for someone to help manage our forums, a knowledge of, what is it, P-H-P-B-B, whatever is the <laughs> I don't even know how to say it, much less do it. Um, and we'd also love to start uh, including some new editorial content. So if you have ideas for articles or guest column, um, you know, give us a, a, a shout on, at CorellianRun at gmail.com. We'd, we'd love to see, hear what you have to say. Um, keep those Star Wars-themed commercials coming. We've enjoyed listening to them, and we enjoy playing them. Um, and if you have any questions or topics you'd like to hear discussed on the show, uh, go ahead and post it in our mailbag section of the forums, or tweet us, or email us, or leave us a voice message, as Antonio did, at 281 766 Four five one one. I think that's about it for our thank yous. That wraps it up for us at Carillion on Radio. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you again in a couple of weeks. Until next time, I'm Kathy. And I'm Roxanne. And I'm Carla. May the force be with you. And may all your dinners out be crying child free. You've been listening to Carillion Run Radio, a Star Wars The Old Republic podcast. Tune in next time to hear Dover say... Yes, I'm on my phone. <laughs> so we'll probably my internet say... went. My internet went. <laughs> so we'll probably have to explain why your voice suddenly sounds a lot different. <laughs> That's okay. Well, yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm hoping it'll kick back in gear in just a second. But we can cross our fingers on that. Okay. Otherwise, we'll have to explain why I. I suddenly went into a hollow tube or something. Yeah. I'm currently across pretty bad. You should make up an awesome story, like you're doing this from a golf course or something. <laughs> yes. yes. Living, living my, my uh, uh, well-tamed jet-set life of internet blogger. <laughs> I'm currently spending my millions. And transmission.